The Queensland government in Australia just banned the use of prong collars. This week, we're going to talk about how this movement is gaining momentum around the world and what it means for veterinarians in the U.S. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And over the past several years, we have discussed different laws, rules, regulations around the world aimed at improving animal welfare. And this week, we are going to be talking about breaking news out of Queensland, Australia, that just was passed to ban the use of prong collars. But before we get into that very interesting conversation, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, I will be the first to admit this one caught me off guard. I was surprised when you sent me a link to a story saying, hey, these controversial dog collars are banned now. I know, right? I was I was excited to see this. I always have a little pang of guilt when I look at, see, and talk about prong collars because there was a time in my life that I believed in them and I thought that they did what a lot of trainers are still telling people that they do, which is nothing really but what we call negative reinforcement, right? And, and and please don't let me speak as though I'm a behaviorist or VTS in behavior. There's much smarter people out there than me who can talk to you about this. But what we now know is positive reinforcement works better. These things are awful, but we see them, I would, I would argue, probably daily in a lot of these clinics, if not, you know, multiple times a day. Right. And then, of course, there's a, a whole laundry list of excuses. Oh, you can't hurt them this way. Oh, it really doesn't cause pain. They respect the prong. I mean, they are learn whatever you want to say. Yeah. But here's the deal, viewfinders. They actually, and I'm quoting now, they believe that prong collars use pain as punishment and therefore it violates this animal welfare law. So, I mean, I got to tell you, this is big. Now, also uh, attached to this new amendment, they are banning uh, certain pig poisons. We've talked about that a little bit over the years here on the viewfinder. And of course, some procedures involving horse legs and the cauterization of them without any type of pain medication. So, but again, Becky, what I think we're seeing is globally a movement towards more intense scrutiny and outright banning of certain things, and you know, including, of course, different breeds and, and now prong collars. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And I, and I, I know that we are not um, always the first in in these types of laws, but I love that we can be so universal. The world is getting so small with all of this ability to communicate together and to talk together and to be so much closer due to, you know, just obviously the internet and all of the social media content that we can start to share our beliefs more universally. And so um, we know more and more, like we are, are behind, but we're getting there. We just talked about, you know, the D-clause um, bans that have happened in states in the U.S. So we know the tipping point is coming there. Uh, ears and tails, I believe, will be right behind it. And so I think we're really behind these guys, unfortunately, on these bans, but they are leading. Oh, my goodness. They are leading the the vision that a lot of us have in terms of positive reinforcement and a better life and better understanding of the sentient nature of our pets and all animals. Right. And, and one of the things I thought was remarkable about this story out of Australia was that the Queensland agriculture minister was the one who was actually saying, hey, guys, this is no longer allowed. Prong collars, 
you know, phosphorus poisons for pigs and cauterizing horse legs. I mean, can't do it, you know? So again, soaring, you know, I mean, this is from the agriculture department and, and yeah. Becky so many times in the U S those, that's actually the person who's fighting these types of movements. Ugh, I mean, right. Isn't that a punch in the gut it that really is. money I, and I don't know anything about the Australian government. So please, again, my, People, people much smarter than me. Um, but the idea that they should be leading, <laughs> they should be leading. They're the voice right. of of all of these the animals. And, and honestly, at the sake of sounding cheesy, like the earth, nature, everything that has to do with agriculture, which is so essential. I mean, it, it, three times a day, thank a farmer, right? Because if you're eating anything that came from the earth, someone grew it and got it to you, uh, unless you're homesteading. So, right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, but the thing about it is, is like, we are so behind in the sense of the thinking of how we work with animals, how we treat animals. Um, and I just love the idea that other places are saying, hey, as soon as we know better, we do better. I am so frustrated that oftentimes we know better and yet we still do it. Yeah, right. I mean, again, you know, viewfinders, I've been in this fight against ventilation shutdown for the past couple of years. And and again, it tends to be, you know, the people that you think would have the animal's welfare in mind that are opposing it. And one thing too, just so you know, viewfinders, the Australian government, or the Queensland government, more specifically, this part of Australia, they spent nearly two years reviewing these practices. So it wasn't like this is something that just happened quickly and there was like a, a rush because of public momentum. This is something that a team of experts, several panels convened, and they actually said that that prong collars were using pain as punishment. And, and again, you know, I think that bears a little bit of, of reflection, Becky, because, uh, you know, here's their panel of experts. They reviewed it. They looked at the literature, the science, and they said, nope, this is not acceptable according to our Animal Welfare Act. Yeah, and that's the science I would love to, you know, be a little bit more specifically aware of. And, and the truth is, is that like this story literally just broke, right, at least right. um, the the sources that we, you and I read, which will include some of those links, um, one, so we're right. <laughs> not plagiarizing and two, so you guys can check it out. Um, but this is just breaking. So we still have a lot of research and understanding to know a little bit more about what is going to happen here. And again, it's, it's going to be debated, but expected to be passed. I I think it's very interesting, um, would be interesting to see what that science is, because I would speculate we're looking honestly at cortisol tests. We're looking at pain and grimace scales. We're looking at actual true facts of the sentient nature of these animals and how they're treated and what they're going through in in these moments that may be essential, right? Like we are not saying we're banning uh production of production animals, right. but we're going to still let them have a quality of life. And I think that is just amazing. I, I want to, and I, I hope our viewfinders can fill me in on this guys, reach out to me and let me know. We have a couple in Australia. Um, what about twitches for horses? Are you guys still allowed to use those? Is that a, a yeah, thing good, still? Good and, and where is that going? Um, do we believe in cattle shoots? How are we doing there? Is there other forms of, um, each thing that is being banned. So we know like positive reinforcement, but are we also finding alternatives and helping people learn we're banning these things? This is how you do better. Cause one thing I hate is when we talk about the what, but not the how. Right. Right. That's a good point. And again, I think sometimes Becky also, it gets the conversation pivots when we talk about banning, but actually yeah. what we're trying to do is improve the animal welfare. Right. I mean, so they're saying we remove the things that are causing harm, or at least that we have evidence and belief that it's causing harm. 
norm. And, and, you know, and again, this reminds me a lot of the recent, you know, passing of the of the rule or the law uh, around animal welfare in Norway that is no longer going to allow the the breeding of of Cavalier King Charles and English bulldogs. Right. We talked about that on a podcast here when that broke back in February or so. And I think that, you know, Becky, what, but what we're seeing is I think the animal advocate community, right? The people that are concerned about animal welfare are frustrated. They feel like the public isn't listening. Therefore, we have to enact legislation to actually protect these animals. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm really largely in agreement with that tactic because like you, Becky, how many years have we tried to educate the public on many of these aspects, including like getting back to, to the uh, brachycephalic breeds, right? Hey, there's a lot of issues here. Please be careful. Please don't breed or let's try to breed these traits out. And, and it just seems to be going nowhere. I mean, are, do you think, Becky, that, that in the U.S. that we have the stomach to pass these kinds of, of rules and regulations? <laughs> I don't think it's the stomach. You know, I don't think that's the problem. I honestly think that, you know, we are in the pocket of most of our legislators. Um, we can't even ban uh, store bought puppies here in North Carolina. We can't. Yeah. We we have very little veterinary support of um, banning puppy mills and, you know, the enforcement of responsible breeding here in our state, even by our leadership. So, um, yeah, I think it's not about the stomach. I think it's about, do we have the, there's a different body organ I want to refer to, I guess, um, <laughs> well, that says, do we have a set of those that says we will finally ban this and we, we will deal with the, the backlash and the, the complaining and the whining and the frustration because we don't have the ability to adapt to change and change is hard and scary. And I think, you know, when I was listening to you speak about just when you say the word banning, right. to me, it says we're banning this. We're getting rid of this because we know something better, right? Like we ban certain uh, chemicals when we learned right, that right. they would kill people. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we strongly enforce others that will not kill, but will strongly damage others. So I think about it in terms of like we ban when we know better and when we can do better. And so to me... My frustration is what is the winning argument from the U.S., right? Like, so right. what is That's the exactly right? What's the victory speech that says, yes, we can now continue to cut dogs ears off at several weeks of age and, um, you know, disregard all the nerve endings that are in there and the development that needs to happen. <laughs> you know, we are perfectly happy to cause cosmetic surgery and unnecessary undue pain, um, even though the oath says first do no harm, it, because we don't want to stand up to each other and go against the norm. Right. So yeah. I'm just like, what's the victory speech there? Because because the victory speech on my side sounds a lot different and it advocates, which is what my job is. Right. And again, viewfinders, I think think, I mean, there is some momentum in the U.S. I mean, the Maryland yeah. recent banning of declawing, I mean, that's another state. This is another movement in the right direction, in my opinion. And I, and I think that, you know, Becky, again, the reason why I brought up that term banning and so forth, because I think sometimes that's when the whole thing just gets lost, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, you're, no, don't. you In America, I think we don't want you to take anything away from us. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> well, except right. for things that, that, that aren't yours, <laughs> and then we take them away. <laughs> but I'm not going to yes. get into that today. But regardless, you know, I, I 
I think that you're right. How do we pivot this? Because the focus in Australia and in Norway with these two issues recently has been on the promotion of animal welfare. They've simply said, look, this is causing suffering. This is causing pain. This is punishment. And, and the public has responded favorably. They said, you know what? We accept that. We no longer will allow that. And we uh, approve of these rules and regulations. And so I think for me, it's like, like you said, what is the winning argument in the U.S.? Not that we're taking something away, but what is it that we're giving in return? And we're giving, we believe, especially with issues like this, that we're giving animals better quality of life. But again, Becky, I don't think that always resonates with the, the pet owning public in the U.S. Well, we, I believe the pet owning public has this kind of uh, unintentional double standard, right? This pet is my kid. However, I will discipline my pet in a way that I never would discipline my kid, you know, and we're not getting into the politics of spanking or not. Right. But there are people out there that will spank or or pop their dog on the nose or use forms of physical uh, reinforcement, negative reinforcement that we wouldn't necessarily use on children or we adhor that idea. It's like we would never hit kids. Um, I wouldn't put a choke collar (laughs) on a kid to keep them nearby me. Right. And we use verbal reinforcement. We use um, rulemaking where we feel comfortable and we know it. Right. Like, so I'm like, I'm going to teach my dog to sit. I'm going to teach my dog off. I'm going to teach my dog down. However, I need this negative reinforcer to teach them to do X, Y, and Z. And that to me is kind of where this weird double standard is. And and I think it's simply because we don't know better. And let's truthfully, let's follow this all the way to the top because the, the, when we look at trainers who are the people that our community, our, our vet veterinary community, we trust and our pet owning community trusts. A lot of them are still using these negative reinforcers. A lot of these are still requiring these types of negative reinforcers. You can go to so many dog trainers and they will have an array of prong collars for you to try because when your dog is there and out of control, they're going to throw that on them use this negative reinforcer, and then they're going to quote unquote show you how much they improved your dog's behavior. Um, Whereas the same thing, if you took an unruly child, grabbed them by the hand and put a good (laughs) whacking on their bottom, they're going to act right because you just devastated them, right? There was trauma. So anyway, point being, I I think this is a bigger, like I'm interested to know uh, where the trainers are in Queensland. Like you can't even import these, it turns out. Since 2008, you can't even import prong collar into Australia. So um, I'm interested to know where the trainers will be on this ban, their thoughts. Um, and of course, our our community, you guys listening, um, especially our behavior folks, what do you think? What are you hearing in your community? Well, and one of the things too that I like about this these stories, viewfinders, and honestly, one of the reasons we wanted to share it with you is because this now, if, if you are also in opposition or have concerns about prong collars and their use or misuse in the U.S., this gives you additional armament, right? I mean, this now, you now get to say, I mean, I remember back in the day when they started banning declawing in parts of Europe, I, I, that was something that I would, when the client would come in asking, I would say, well, you know, it's actually a practice that's illegal. It's been outlawed in, you know, the UK and what, and, and that would, that would land with certain clients, right? I mean, others would be like, I don't care, you know, whatever, but, but I think this gives you a little bit of extra, you know, legitimacy to your argument. And I think that's important. So viewfinders, again, if you're sympathetic to this type of ruling in Queensland, 
Queensland, then this is something that you can now carry to your clients. You can, of course, go back and do some of the research, review some of the findings that they've had. And I'm, I'm sure this will be all forthcoming. Uh, again, this is just now breaking. But, you know, Becky, what I like is sharing stories like that that you can now use to educate your clients. Because honestly, a lot of clients just don't know, right? And That's if it. and if a trainer says, "Oh no, it doesn't cause it doesn't cause a bit of pain," you know, it, it doesn't hurt them at all. You know, they've got thick fur around their neck or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've heard all kind of excuses, but you know what I'm saying, Becky? This gives you that one additional saying. Well, it's actually illegal in parts of Australia. That's right. And and I think the nice thing about that is it takes a less accusatory stance. Like, did you know that you're using something that hurts your dog or, you know, whatever is like really super aggressive and people are not going to want to listen to that. They're going to go on the defense. When you when you open it with a did you know this happened somewhere else? I think it leaves room for like, okay, why? What what is it about that that would ban it? Because I think for most people, you're absolutely right. There and again, we have to show them a good alternative. Like we have to say, for a lot of folks, gentle leaders are really acceptable mm-hmm. tools. Um, if you don't know alternatives, you know, go to Fear Free. There are so many alternatives. Find a Fear Free person near you and have a conversation with them, because you also want to be able to show them something different. For the majority of people that I have seen with prong collars on their dogs, are women who have big dogs. Yeah, you know, obviously right. we don't see a lot of Yorkies coming <laughs> with prong collars. I hope. Let's Please hope tell me. I hope. Um, so, and, and you know, like a lot of golden retrievers like to walk themselves. So they're not going anywhere, right. you know, right. but you get these big rotties or these big labs Shepherds, who might have a right. pulling problem. Right. And so they're like, I need this to control my dog. So it's really important for us as veterinary professionals, not only to educate on why this is bad, but to give them some kind of functional alternative because they're going to continue to do what works uh, out of self-preservation. Yeah, I, I love this. And the other thing too, viewfinders, I think that's really important to note is that when animal welfare issues are argued using science and evidence politicians respond, right? I mean, I mean, so it's like, I love the fact that an animal welfare issue is making the news in Australia. And it made the news enough that after a couple of years of investigation and review and panels and so forth, that they said, you know what, this is using pain as punishment. We do not think that it adheres to our animal welfare rules and regulations, and therefore we are going to ban their use. I, I really really appreciate the fact that public officials, Becky, are taking animal welfare more seriously. In fact, seriously enough to pass legislation to improve animal welfare. I love that. Possibly more than we're taking women's welfare (laughs) in our very own states. And that is, um, again, a big message I think that we need to be thinking of is the animal welfare um, science, right? And not that we necessarily elevate science here all the time, we as veterinary professionals can adapt and, 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 um, echo the science. We can give accessibility to the science to our clients. I think if you are, if you have a social media page, you should share this story on it. I think this is breaking news that you should be putting on your Facebook, on your Instagrams, on your, um, the wall of your clinic. I think this is something worth spreading. And I think these are the types of things that we could be doing in the veterinary industry to get in front of to help our clients do and learn better. Don't have a dog on a prong collar for another year before you get to see them in your clinic to have this conversation. Get that word out there now. 
Yeah. And again, I, I will say once more that I think the clients just don't know. And when they actually are given facts such as this, I mean, you know, just going back to the declaw days, I can remember just having those conversations with clients in the room and saying, well, you know, look, there are alternatives and, you know, maybe talk about some of those things. Uh, and, and, and it's, this is actually outlawed in, in many countries in Europe. And suddenly you could see that was the tipping point for some of those clients. And I think this issue, same thing. And for, I, I agree a hundred percent with you. And I, for me, when I have these conversations with clients or with individuals, I'm having discussions with it's what finding out their motivation, right? So if you can get to their motivation, because a lot of times we can talk through it to where it is a quote unquote selfish motivation, right? To the declaw factor that has nothing to do with cats and everything to do with furniture. And so I think when we know we can really minimize the importance of furniture when we start to look at the long-term scientific evidence of the suffering. So when we start to use the language suffering, when we start to really truly identify what the problem is, our clients, uh, like one, they can do better, but two, you know that you've done the educating and advocating you need to do. Right. And the other thing too, viewfinders is a lot of people, this is just habit, right? Because they had a cat back in the day and they had it declawed. And so they think, well, I got another cat, therefore I'll have it declawed as well. Same thing with prong collars, right? I mean, they had a big dog back in the past. A trainer told them to use a prong collar. It seemed to work great, you know, because pain is punishment and it works. But here we go. I've got a new dog. It's my new, brand new German Shepherd puppy. Therefore, I go out and get a prong collar. And so I think that Again, these habits, just sometimes you have to just break them and say, hey, there's something new, there's something better, there's something safer that's more humane. I I love that you point that out because, you know, as a veterinary professional, we have like this constant flow of like puppies and different age dogs, you know, in our own households and within the clinic. But you're absolutely right. I think about, you know, a neighbor um, down the road who had this beautiful golden. He was sweet as could be or big yellow lab, sweet as could be. And he was like 14 years old and he passed away. And they got a new puppy. And, and like what you just said, totally little light bulb. It'd been 14 years since right. they had gone through puppy, 14 years since they had done training. And, and think about so much has changed since then in the puppy conversation that we don't tend to have those behavioral conversations every year as the dogs age. You know, this 14 year old dog didn't have to be on a leash. He wasn't going anywhere. Right, right. But but when she got this puppy, she comes past my house with the prong collar, you know, being drugged down the road, yelling and screaming at him. And we had like a 15 minute training session. We got him a nice little harness with a front clip. And she came by the next time and is like, this is a whole nother world. And so right. um, thank you for saying that. I think that's worth reiterating is that it may have been 14 years or or gosh, if they have a little dog, 20 since they've gone through puppy and puppy training. And, and again, they just don't know better, right? So right. they fall back on what they do know. And sometimes that can be harmful. And so, you know, viewfinders, I think that if you like, I, I love this, this example that Becky just brought up. Let's say the new German Shepherd puppy comes in and they are trotting men with a prong collar. I I don't think you're necessarily in for a fight if you say, hey, there's a better alternative, you know, because that person may just say, oh, I just thought this was this is what I did in the past. I just thought that's what you did. So, again, I, I will tell you, more clients are open minded than we sometimes give them credit for. And they also realize that, yeah, like Becky said, 14, 15 years ago, that's how we did it. But things are better now. 
Yeah. And I do actually want to take a second to give credit to a lot of clinics that I have talked to who said we will not allow them in our clinic. We keep leashes by the door that are slip leads or martingale collars they switch out to. We will not allow a dog on a prong collar in our clinic. So I don't want to act as though there are not people in our industry who are recognizing. Um, And if it is something you feel within your clinic that it's like a frustrating point, maybe this is something you can bring up for a change and say, hey, could we start providing different collars and saying we don't allow these? That also is a great way of bringing up the conversation. Right. The other thing, too, that I want to leave you with today, viewfinders, is this. The fact that, you know, when one domino tips... It makes the whole line a lot more likely to fall. And this is, we're starting to see this, right? All around the country, there's a subtle but sure movement against declawing, right? Now another state has banned it. Uh, You're seeing around the world animal welfare laws being enacted that are really enforcing animal welfare, promoting animal welfare, whether it's looking at certain breeds that have uh, selective hereditary problems and maybe saying we don't want to breed those anymore, or in the case of, of this Queensland new law with the prong colors, or again, remember, there's also several things baked into this that really improve animal welfare. And what I like, Becky, again, is when you see success there, so if you're listening today and you're going, well, you know what, in my little town, I think this is something I'd like to bring up to my town council. You now have precedence, right? You can show other success stories from around the world, around the country, and say, look, it's not just me. It's not just our community. This is actually happening in Maryland. And so what I I love sharing these stories, Becky, because it gives you one other little bit of hope, right? You know, and and I can tell you, you know, this fight against ventilation shutdown, um, you know, it's one of those things where every time I, when I get very, very, very frustrated and disappointed and and just want to hang my head, I see a story like this and it says, wait, keep fighting. You know, there's a shot here. (laughs) Yeah, we have, we pride ourselves on regularly saying we speak for those who can't and we can't pick and choose what that voice is going to be. Right. And so um, we need to speak for them when we know better to do better. And this story is a a perfect embodiment of how we can do better. Gosh, I love that viewfinders. What do you think about this new ban in Queensland, Australia on prong collars? Are you pro or anti-prong collars? Yeah, that's right. You know where to find us for sure. Uh, You can find us at Veterinary Viewfinder on Instagram and Facebook. You can tweet at Dr. Ernie over there at Vet Viewfinder. And you can shoot us an email. We love to hear from you guys uh, at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right. And if you hear any stories like this that you think we need to know about, please definitely hit us up because we always want to be as early to these stories and share them with you immediately whenever possible. But until next week, guys, please stay safe and enjoy your practice day. And you know what? Summer's almost here, so I'm looking for that too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right. What do you think? It's really great.